0: I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. The timing for my guest today is perfect. It is a real honor to have his eminence, Timothy Cardinal Dolan, as my guest. How are you doing today? Bill Hemmer, it's an honor to be with you. Thanks uh, for the invite so this Holy Week. We are in the residency of yep. St. Patrick's Cathedral you got it. in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. So we're just a step away from... We're a little bit
1: closer, aren't we? We're, we're, look, you're looking out my window here, and there's St. Patrick's Cathedral. We're close to the action.
0: Yes, and... <laughs> (laughs) It is the perfect time of year to spend this time with you because Easter's right around the corner. Yep. Thank God. You know, and this idea was born out of an interview you and I did a month ago, and it was the death of Billy Graham. Remember? Yeah. And you came on to America's Newsroom, and um, uh, I said, uh, What you give up for Lent? And you said,. I forget what I said. You asked me what I gave. Oh, up, okay. I and put, then I said booze. Uh-huh. And then you know what you said? The coach
1: said nice to meet you. you Join know, the crowd. You
0: said <laughs> no wonder you look so miserable. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know what Jesus says. Remember, we read it every Ash Wednesday. Don't look glum, wash your face and grin, even when you're sacrificing. Well, we need a little bit more of that, too. So thank you again. You Good know, to I, be with you.
0: I think for anyone on a trip to New York City, whether uh, you're part of the church or whether you're a tourist, this is a must-see. You know, it's St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's is. It's the heart of the American Catholic we, Church.
1: Uh, we welcome literally millions, uh, Bill, mm-hmm. millions every year. And what's, what's interesting, when you walk into St. Patrick's Cathedral, let's face it, a lot of people go there because it's a tourist attraction, but there's always an unmistakable atmosphere of prayer and reverence at St. Patrick's. And you'll see people move to prayer. They're just sitting there with their heads down. They maybe light a candle. You can see they're, uh, they're in touch with the divine, and that's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the apex of the season
0: is actually the sermon you give on Easter Sunday. Well, thank you. It's 11 a.m. at a 10:15 a.m. mass, right around 11 a.m. We start at. Uh, you
1: know, just don't tell what time I
0: end. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a lot of folks outside of New York may not realize it, but it's it's captured on television and um, it's it's broadcast. And I just wonder how much consideration you've given as of now to what your message will be this year.
1: You do a lot. You know, the great Fulton Sheen, who was that magnificent preacher in the 40s and 50s, he's, he used to say to us priests, he said, look, when you're talking about a sermon, it's got a, it, it starts in your mind, all right, but then it has to move to the heart and soul. And then finally, it goes to the mouth. So, in my mind, I've been mulling over the Easter message. Well, really, for forty days of Lent, mm. because you're right. Uh, Easter is Easter is the summit of everything we do and mean. Yeah. Um. The country is
0: moving at a really mm. fast pace. Mm-hmm. I think about social media, I think about caffeine. <laughs> I think about the news cycle. Sure, especially in my business. Sure. I mean the headlines are just sure they can't flying keep up you every day and you've got a president who communicates in his own unique way. Yeah and I, I don't know if you've stopped to consider whether that has given us more time or perhaps less time to stop and reflect in our own lives
1: today? The, I'm, I'm afraid it's the latter because I'm afraid the great temptation to distraction uh, because of the quick pace of everything, because of the bad news that we hear, because of almost the machine gun-like repetition of different problems and crises. Pope Francis has spoken about this as much as he praises technology and social communications and the news cycles. He says, thank God we've got those because they can bring us together and keep us apprised. But he said the temptation temptation is that we become distracted and that we become we become a reactive to these things and he would suggest what I think you just hinted at Bill Hemmer when he said we have we've always got to step back we need a reflective posture and that can really only come with some silence Some silence, all right? That is in short supply, wouldn't you say? A lot of the things that we used to do, whether it be riding in a car, walking down the street, uh, sitting in our rooms, a lot of those things that used to uh, encourage reflection and silence and contemplation, they're gone. How many people do you see just, uh, they're walking down the street, they're unconscious of the people around them because they got those things in their ears, right? Whatever you call them. Sometimes, and sometimes you can't they can't hear you talk. Yeah. And uh, listen, <laughs> they look at I'm, I'm kind of glad we got it or you and I wouldn't be able to communicate with the, the people we are right now. But you get the point. They can they can turn us inward. They can make us in a term that Pope Francis uses that at first you say, what's he mean by that? But when you think about it, they can make us self referential. In other words, we become kind of the center of the universe. Uh, our imaginations, our minds, our problems, our reactions to things, where the essence of faith and really the essence of productive, healthy, wholesome uh, human life is to make God and other people this the center of our lives, right? So to fight that temptation to become self-referential, to become reactive, to become passive uh, instead of a proactive uh, uh, participant in what's going on around us, I think that temptation is is pretty severe these days. Well, what do you think the tradition of the Catholic Church?
0: How does it? Uh, how is it affected by what you're describing? When the tradition is to. Give some personal sacrifice toward mm-hmm. the Lenten season. Begins on Ash Wednesday, concludes on Easter Sunday. Is is that getting lost today?
1: Well, let's just say, Bill, it is now it is counter-cultural to enter into self-denial. If you live in a culture that says, really, the goal is to satisfy our urges, to take care of ourselves, to put ourselves first... And thanks be to God, not everybody succumbs to that temptation, but I think everybody would agree that that temptation is thick out there. When when you live in a culture like that to say, whoa, wait a minute, we really grow as a child of God and a human person when we, when we sacrifice, when we tend to others before ourselves, when we put the needs of others before those of our own, and when, yes, when we work to what shall I say? Discipline ourselves for the greater honor and glory of God and for the good of others, that's downright countercultural. That is tough. So sometimes the church is preaching in a tornado because people don't hear wow. it. Huh. <clears throat> You've used that line before. Have I? <laughs> I no, you must have. That's, that's a
0: great line. Yeah. I think about social media today, you know, and um, there, is, there are countless distractions Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. Snapchat. Um, I wonder if that's made you more difficult to reach the faithful, or has it actually provided a different avenue of communication or contact?
1: In one way, it can be more difficult because people are, almost seem to be allergic to being by themselves, and allergic to silence, okay, that's and, that, and that's not good. However, look, you got, as the Italians say, we got to make gnocchi with the dough we got. This is the culture we got, so we got to use it, right? So what you and I are doing, thanks for giving me the opportunity, we've got to seize the tools at hand, and let's use social communications to
0: get the message out there. Because the a podcast is probably in that same category, too, because it's a new way of reaching people. Sure. For whatever idea, Sure. And, and darn it, we got to seize it. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Uh, here's what I see in you. I see a man with a tremendous sense of humor. Well, thanks. And, and I see a guy. You don't see me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I see a person in New York City who can work a room. And, I, you, you know, you come from the Midwest, and you, you have those two qualities that I think are, you know, part of it's innate, Uh, But it gives you a talent and probably an advantage in a way, and I just wonder if that allows, does that enable you to reach people who you would not otherwise be able to
1: reach? Well, first of all, thanks for saying that. I hope it's true. Uh, And secondly, thanks for saying if it is true, uh, a lot of that is innate. It's not a strategy. It's not like I say, Dolan, you're going into this room. You better meet everybody. You just sort of want to do it naturally. I guess I learned it from my dad, who was a very sociable, outgoing guy. He liked to make people feel hospitable. Uh, Whenever we had a barbecue or a party on the block, it would usually be at the Dolan house, okay, because my dad was so... Inviting, So if I got it, I, I inherited it. And I, I can't really take credit for it. But, but yeah, don't you think, Bill, when we listen to the gospel, don't you think that's how Jesus was? Okay. Uh, he used his human nature to bring people to God. We got a part. Can I use Latin? Sure. As long <laughs> we, uh, as you can translate. You know, we Catholics are fond of the word pontifex, which means bridge builder. We usually use it for the pope. The Anglicized would be the pontiff. We often call him the pontiff, but it actually it actually should apply for all of us. We all want to be uh, a pontifex. We all want to be a bridge builder. We want to bring uh, we want to bring people closer to one another and build a bridge between humanity and God. That's my vocation as a pastor, as a priest, but in a way, I think we all. We all have that, uh, in that w- we should make it our business to help people feel comfortable, to help them feel at ease, to give them, I hope, um, a sense that uh, they're being listened to, they're being cherished, they're being respected. Boy, that's a challenge we all got, yeah. and I try my best to do it. I you hope know, it succeeds sometimes.
0: I, I say that because you're playing in a big field. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the town of Broadway shows. Mm -hmm. and this is the town that uh, gave birth to Donald Trump (laughs) and uh, this is a town that expects big things and for a lot of my family members or friends who don't live here in the Northeast um, I tell them how lucky the church is to have you thank you because of your because you have those abilities to reach out and you
1: can probably reach the flock in ways that others I I'm hope not. so. Could you have been something about uh, two minutes ago? You spoke about the fact that I'm from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So are you, by the way, yes, right? Cincinnati. Do you Ohio. think some people quote uh, some people comment here in New York that they say, you know, you you Midwesterners seem to be a little bit more at ease or more natural. You're right here in New York because it's so big, because it's so bustling, because everybody's on the move. You kind of learn sometimes to be self protective. You know, I better hurry up and get to where I'm going because God knows what I'm going to encounter on the street, a traffic jam or even horrible acts of violence or something that scare us. Well, we Midwesterners, I think, tend to be a little bit more natural, a little bit a little bit more down home. And again, I can't take credit for that. You can't. We were raised in that environment, but I'm kind of happy I was. My family was seven. Your family was five. five. I was the oldest of five. To five. You, yeah.
0: I'm Cincinnati. You're St. Louis. Yep. Uh, I remember hearing an interview you did about what you learned from great broadcasters that came out of St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. And you, uh, it's obvious to me that you paid attention to that yeah. because you have
1: that gift. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, so, so who would some of them be? I can remember growing up as a kid, I would fall asleep every night listening to Harry Carey and Jack Buck, Mm -hmm. two great baseball broadcasters uh, announcing the Cardinal game. And they gave you a sense, Bill, that they were kind of sitting in the room with you. And they're chatting over a kitchen table. And that's not a bad quality to have. Ronald Reagan said that. You know, somebody somebody asked him once, how do you communicate so well? And he said, "Uh, I always, wherever I'm at, I picture myself as sitting in a barber chair getting a haircut, surrounded by guys who are having a conversation. And that's not a bad... I don't think that's a bad paradigm. You, Reagan grew up just north of you, right? Yep. In the state of Illinois. And
0: what did he do in his mind? He would think about Chicago Cubs games. He would make up in his own imagination. <laughs> He'd have to
1: when the ticker went off. Yeah, the ticker tape.
0: I don't think... It's possible to lose all of that. And in, you wouldn't in, want to, would
1: entire, you? Absolutely not. No. There's something, uh, Bill, called the imagination. And people that are a lot smarter than I am, I'm talking about writers and poets, and uh, uh, they they will talk about the danger today of the imagination being dulled. They even worry about our kids in that, you know, that you, when you let kids play, when you let their imagination uh, uh to kind of take control, when you let them read the great stories and the great myths of our childhood, that's good for them. And now they say, oh, we got their lives so organized, we've got them on a schedule, uh, we're worried about them, we're already thinking about what college they're going to. And when you do that, you tamper with the imagination, which is a sacred thing. When, when you and I a little later talk about Holy Week, uh, Mother Church is big into the imagination. Into the symbolic Into the metaphors of life And I think we need that Yeah.
0: Last week marked five years Since Pope Francis Yeah, March elevated. 12th
1: I was there and <laughs> <laughs> I lost <laughs> Does that bother you? No, I'm happy to be here. And so is the church, by the way. Uh, how do you think he's, doing? I think he's doing? I think he's doing well. You don't hear as, as much now as we did at the beginning. You don't hear that term, the Francis effect. Uh, remember the first year or two, everybody, yourself included, spoke positively about the Francis effect. But I think it's with us. And I, I, always, I always think, uh, how is this playing with the folks? So when I, go, when I go to a diner, uh, when I'm riding the subway, when, I, uh, when I'm walking down the street and people might stop to chat, almost unfailingly, Bill, they will say to me, boy, we really love this Pope. We really love Pope Francis. And you, so they're not really talking about his teachings or any of the, any of the reforms or changes he may have made. They're speaking about his style that kind of gives a warmth and a humanity and an open door to the church. And I thank God for that. He's done it well. And I'm glad we still got the Francis effect with us.
0: Benedict's still retired. Yep. Um, there was a story not too long ago that talked about Benedict advising Francis yeah. in, in some capacity. I assume it to be true, right? Read about it in a newspaper. I think it is true. I, I think it is true, very true. And I, I remember a story you told me several years ago, and I'll share that um, with your permission. And you were talking about how Benedict re- reached a path in his life. I mean, he was literally at a fork, um, and it was the following: I, I, I believe that I should leave this position. Is his thinking, and I believe that someone else can serve the church better than I can in my capacity, and you framed it as between two goods. Yeah. There wasn't a bad decision there. There wasn't a wrong decision. And you said, how would you like to face that bill being between two yeah. goods? I-, I
1: thought it was it was a profound thought. Yeah, thanks. The, you know, yes, look, Probably one of the greatest uh, challenges we have in life is to make decisions, okay? Now, you and a lot of people make bad decisions. When you face a decision, it could be between a good and an evil. That's a pretty easy decision. You choose the good. Now, it's a hard one to make sometimes, but at least the answer is clear. If you have to choose between two evils, well, that's not too hard either, because you're thinking, I can't do either of them because you can never intentionally do good. The tough decision to make is between two goods, is between two goods. And Benedict, because you're referring to Pope Emeritus Benedict now, Benedict had two goods. Do I remain in this position that is classically understood to be for life, uh, do I continue even in my fragile state to try my best to lead the church? That's a good. Or do I say I'm not up to it anymore and the church deserves a much more vigorous leader and I can serve Jesus and his church best by stepping aside? Those are two goods. Mm-hmm. We know now it took him a while to make that decision and he finally made the latter. And I admire him for That's it. That's remarkable stuff. How are you going to break fast? <laughs> we do it traditionally in my family family you know we figured that lent ends on holy saturday all are, right are you cheating so yeah, no i i think that's clear <laughs> see easter begins with the celebration of the easter vigil which is saturday night all right that's the so that's I, where we bring so the bells, my all.
0: 1201 p.m easter sunday tradition i can now i can move that up well you're
1: very bit. strict <laughs> You are you're kind of a, a rigorist, all right, Bill. I give you permission to move that. Well, up. well I have to prove that to myself that I can get to the finish line, Maybe and I will. Why. I'll invite you to open a beer together, okay, on Holy uh, Saturday. Thank <laughs> you so much. Listen, I do a thing here called Twenty Two
0: Questions, Okie right? Dokie, and it's kind of rapid fire. Sure, and so we all have Jason, our producer, cue the music, and I'll go through a bunch uh-huh. of these. Uh huh.
1: We'll see how. This is quick... like the lightning round. Yeah, huh? exactly. On Double Jeopardy. We'll see how <laughs> quickly you answer that. All right, Okie dokie. Right,
0: here we go. Alex Trebek's in the other room. Uh, Here we go. Number one. What is the first website you check
1: in the morning? Uh, none. I'm Ill- look. As much as I praise, as much as I praise social media, and I do, I'm illiterate when it comes to it. So I count on Joe's willing to bring me in. Uh-huh. But he says you, you probably should look at this, 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 this out version. This. So I, I usually I turn to John Allen. Are you familiar with John? Just, He's been on Fox before. Absolutely. I find him unfailingly perceptive when it comes to reporting the news of the Church Universal. So usually he'd be one of yeah, them. John Allen works out of Rome. He's fantastic yeah. too. Do you, I, I
0: guess the next question then? Is Nolan void. Do you have a favorite app? What are they? <laughs> <On my
1: phone. laughs> Again, I count on Joe, on Joe to me. get them to me. I have one, from what I hear. Oh. I know Joe will often say, "Let's do an app here," and Joe's, I'll say, "Okay, let's Joe's do it." Joe's willing, my communications director here in the Archdiocese of New York. So then, your favorite thing to do on the weekend? Well, you know, uh, look Bill, for us the weekends would be busy. A lot of people tease say, yeah, you guys are off from Monday through Friday and then you work on the weekends. That's not true, but the weekends are very busy for us. So, usually Saturday morning can be sort of uh, calm. But starting at noon on Saturday, I'd usually be at parishes or visit some events that are going on in the uh, Archdiocese. Saturday night I'm almost always at a parish. Sunday morning I got St. Patrick's. Sunday afternoon I got a a mass in a parish. So, weekends are heavy. If you're asked me. If you rephrase that as what I like to do in downtime, I love to walk and I love to walk in this city and I mean not stroll, I mean a good brisk exercise which I need I love to read uh, I, I've got a stack of books uh, uh, next door in my sitting room that, that I just love getting into. I like to catch up on phone calls, especially family and friends. Those are things I like to do in yeah. downtime. So much for lightning round, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go too fast. That's good. All right, here we go. What's the
0: coolest thing in your house, in your home, let's the call it? The coolest thing
1: in my home is that Keurig coffee maker. <laughs> <laughs> What's the coolest thing in your home? Office. The coolest thing in my office is this uh, this cutter here for the cigars. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell. Uh, then that answers the next question. What's your guilty pleasure? Uh, I shouldn't, and I don't smoke a lot of cigars. My doctor said if I watch my food, he would allow me a cigar a day, so I enjoy doing that. Right on. Do you have a favorite board game? Uh, I love Monopoly, mm-hmm. and when my nephews and nieces come, we play it. Bottled water or tap water? Uh, bottled. Do you have a preferred gospel Yes, I love the Gospel of St. John. What's your favorite TV show? Favorite TV, the uh, Andy Griffith
0: show. If you you left New York, Andy, if you left New York, where would you live? Well, Barney, I'd probably, (laughs) (laughs) I'd go home to St. Louis. Okay, favorite holiday? Christmas. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Dunkin' Donuts. What time do you get up in the morning? I get up at 4.30.
1: Mm. And Dunkin' Donuts isn't open. Yet. That's my territory. <laughs> How many emails do you get a day? I guess you don't know. I well, no. They'll give me the stack of emails, and I would get uh, i i get up to fifty a day. Right. How? What
0: book? What book must everyone read? The Bible. What movie must everyone see? Uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. Favorite restaurant in New York City. Yeah, I like Jimmy Neary's. Favorite restaurant in St. Louis? I like steak and shake. Do you prefer lyrics or music? Uh, Music. And what is your must see in Rome,
1: Italy? Must see in St. Peter's Basilica. Thank you so much. I did better on that second half.
0: Yeah, you did. You (laughs) came around. Uh, A blessed Easter. A blessed Easter to you, you, Bill. Good to be with you. Thank you for your time. God bless you and your listeners. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time.